What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're back for another episode of the Starting 502 Podcast. As always, Presley Meyer, your host with the most, Jacob Blaine, joins us tonight. And we are coming to you kind of uh, on the heels of, of Louisville finalizing its roster, which by all accounts has been received pretty positively from the fan base. So uh, we definitely want to get into that. Jacob, number one, how are you doing? Number two, uh, have you seen the critically acclaimed White Men Can't Jump yet? I am doing fantastic. It is great to be on the show. Uh, and no, I have not yet. It's interesting you say that. I showed my pic- my wife a uh, picture of Mike at the premiere, and she said, we should watch that. So Mike did a good job by posting that and influencing us. Mike is now an influencer, one would say. Uh, so I think we're going to probably check it out at some point. But I have very low expectations because he is uh, he being Jack Harlow is a cornball. 
uh, and that was a really really good basketball movie so i'm i'm gonna pretend that it's it's got an asterisk on its name on the cover for those who have seen it i want to hear people's opinions so if you like check out like imdb rotten tomatoes one of those reddit whatever the opinions are either like yeah this was an awesome remake or corny terrible hated it one star and there's not like much in between uh, my opinion is you know you go in uh, with the expectations that it's a remake and kind of have that understanding you know just like if you're watching the space jam remake right like nobody's expecting the, the second space jam to live up to the hype of the first one right so you're already coming in with with that critique because white men can't jump i mean that's one of my favorite movies ever so to to try to modernize that was i think a, a a good idea, but I understand it's not going to be well-received even if it was a great movie either way. So you have to kind of go in with that asterisk on it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was fun. There are lots of parts that were corny. There are lots of parts that were way better than the first movie. You know, the first movie, you know, the basketball scenes aren't very good. The cuts are like, it's very, the basketball portions of the movie are very unrealistic. And this one is definitely more cleaned up, like Disney-ified version. Like they say the fuck word a lot. Like they say, they say, you know, they cuss a lot. They do R-rated things in the movie, but it's not, it's definitely not adult like the first white men can jump is, if that makes sense. Are you saying there's no titties in this one? There are no, no titties, titties in this No one. titties in the There's Jack definitely Harlow titties in the, in the first one. There's I think in like the opening scene, there's titties in that movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, Rosie Perez. I mean, yeah, right. I'm pretty sure that's geez. very early on in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. She's breaking news out incredible. here. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't she in the Avengers now? Rosie Perez? I, I don't know, but I just wanted on the record that I did not say that she is incredible. That was not me. My wife is listening to this. That was Presley who said that. Hold on, but she she is incredible as an actress. I'm not just saying like, oh yeah. <laughs> the way you the, well, that didn't come across in the way that you uh, said that. But yes, I agree. Yeah. She is a great actress. Great uh, actress. I, I mean, yeah, Rosie Perez, Woody Harrelson can't can't beat it. Ty Lord Johnson the newest commit for Louisville basketball, the final piece, the missing piece to this Louisville basketball roster. We've been talking uh, ad nauseum about this roster construct, what it would look like. Are we going to get a guard? Are we going to get a guard? Kenny Payne finally got his true freshman guard uh, in Ty Lord Johnson, a six foot, 160 pound freshman guard, played in the overtime elite league this year. Uh, He moved over from New Jersey to the Bronx uh, for his senior season of high school, was previously a commit. Where was he committed previously? He was at he was committed to Memphis, and he previously actually played committed. for Saint Saint Benedict in New Jersey. Yes, um, and is a very heralded player from up north. Which usually that is something that bodes well for guys going into college and becoming professionals when you're ranked that highly from that area. The highest ranked player in the state of New York, and Louisville has a history of of really good guards from New York. We just retired one of his. One of the guards' numbers from New York, uh, they retired Russ Smith's number. Obviously, you know, going back, Edgar Sosa was a, was a big name. Uh, it seems like Louisville doesn't miss on, on guys from New York, you know, guards from New York. So really encouraging. When I look at his tape, Jacob, you know, I see a guy who is a prototypical New York-style guard. You know, he's aggressive, has great court vision, very flashy, plays with a lot of swagger. You know, he's not overly athletic necessarily he's got a lot of speed but i wouldn't say he's super twitchy or anything like that but he's a an excellent ball handler excellent distributor a flashy distributor the one thing that that a lot of people are going to point out as a negative on his game is that he had a i believe it was about a 5.4 to 4 
turnover ratio last season, which is not the best, you know, at the high school level, it's going to be assumed that you're playing against a lower level of competition. Uh, so having four turn- turnovers a game, not the best. Jacob, what's your initial takeaway on Ty Lohr? Well, I think we have officially confirmed that the silence is how this staff moves and prefers to move because this literally came out of nowhere today. I think that when you looked at the roster construct and what was going to happen over the next week or two, as Louisville kind of uh, potentially got back into the Caleb Love battle now that he decommitted from Michigan and as guys hit the portal from the NBA draft, a number of guards are going to become available over the next two weeks as guys decide to go back to school for one final season. You expected Louisville to hit the portal and not to add a freshman. Uh, but when you look at a kid of of his caliber, he's a four-star guard. He's a top 100 player, and he comes from a very prestigious New York, uh, New Jersey background, both AAU and high school. He played in the overtime elite this year, which, you know, depending on who you ask, is not a great translation of college basketball and more of an AAU type of game. But still, he was a guy that, like you said, showed a lot of flash, a lot of scoring potential. And, you know, there's a lot to like there. I mean, the kid is is quick, as you mentioned, and he is going to be able to get out and lead this team in transition. Uh, but in terms of overall impact, he's going to be a backup guard this year and will definitely get the opportunity to contribute. But you have to worry about some of those numbers that you read and the the turnovers. You know, he averaged uh, he had a, a negative plus minus average uh, in overtime last last season, overtime elite last year. Um, so there's definitely some growing that he's going to need to do. And that's a big, a big jump up in competition overall, but it's a young team. They're going to have their opportunity to learn and play from their mistakes uh, and just play freely. And he's a guy that uh, he's, he's talented. And if you put the ball in his hands, uh, usually good things are going to happen more times than not. Yeah. I think that this is, this is a guy when he gets on campus and he gets in the college weight program, that his game could really evolve and, and translate well to the next level. What I see in, in his game that would concern me, but that you also kind of have to just live with a little bit, is that he doesn't play with a lot of balance. Uh, so what I mean by that is, you know, you take, he'll take some off-balance shots, maybe some ill-advised shots. He plays with, as we mentioned, that, that New York City-style swagger, which is great in a lot of instances, but also can get him into a little bit of trouble. Uh, but I, I'd like to see him just gain a little bit more lower body strength uh, because I think that could, you know, work wonders. He's six foot six one, and you know, he he can dunk the ball, but it's like one of those. He's not like an explosive uh, to the basket kind of guy. I think that you'll see that uh, as his career begins to further. The two the two areas that I worry about the most with Tyler Tyler Johnson is the turnovers and the three point shooting. Uh, turnovers and overtime elite. When you just go down the list, seven, three, four, two, four, six, three, three, four, four, five, five, five. This season. Uh, is in regards to turnovers. With that being said, he distributes the ball well, uh, responsible for a lot of assists as well um, on the season. But he is a very hot and cold three-point shooter with the quick trigger. You'll you see some games on here where he went 0 for 8 for 3, and then the next game went 4 for 11. He went 2 for 9, but then 3 for 4, two games before that. So he's a guy who's who's willing to shoot the three ball. He has good he has good form, but but not necessarily he doesn't necessarily possess the lower body strength that I think to be a consistent shooter quite yet. Everybody wants to compare every small guard to Russ Smith and Peyton, Russ Smith and Peyton Siva, which I, I get in, in a sense. And since he's a New York city guard, then, you know, that there's that natural comparison there. But I, so I will say the one thing that I see in him, that's that is Russ Smith esque is his kind of 
you know, he's not squaring his shoulders and his feet every time that he, that he's taking a jump shot. You know, he's playing with some swag, right? Like he's, you know, taking step back jumpers and kicking his feet out to the side a little bit. So that stuff that'll get cleaned up in college though. I think he has a solid foundation. Yeah. And he's a guy that can defend. He had two and a half steals average per game last year, plays the passing lanes. Well, he's good at picking guys pockets, especially picking up, you know, from a, a longer distance and he is aggressive. And that's the kind of thing that they missed last year. You know, when you're going up against D two schools and, and guys are getting around you and you're taking no pride in defending. I mean, that was a trend all throughout the year. You need guys who can come in and bring that mentality of not just doing it on offense, but doing it on defense as well. So that's a good compliment because Scott Clark obviously showed in, in last year that he you know has some work to do defensively. They've got some long guys. Mike James, Trenton Flowers have potential to be really good three and D players. But adding a guy like Johnson who can who can definitely be electric on offense, can defend well to play in a backup role. I think you're going to see games. I, he's going to be the difference in one game next year. Like it's going to be that Darius Perry type of like, you know, flash in the pan. He's going to have this big moment in the Yum Center and he's going to have everyone going. He's going to be responsible for one major Joker and the Thief playing next year. That's my <laughs> prediction on this show right here. That's the I, prediction. He's going to be responsible and- for one big moment in the season where we're just all like, this kid is going to be special. Uh, but I do think that we're going to see a lot of ups and downs and I would not expect him to be a guy who comes in and is, you know, all of a sudden, the, the guy who's steady in your ship for you offensively, definitely going to be some growing to do. But that leads us, you know, into talking about some of the other guys that you mentioned at the top of the show, Presley, uh, who compliment, and he doesn't have to do it all because of the fact that he, you know, this isn't L. Ellis and Hersey Miller last year with him and Sky. They've got, you know, Mike James, they've got Trenton Flowers, they've got um, Karan Davis, they've got other pieces now that you can put around the team, Trey White. Uh, they give you the opportunity to do a lot of different things offensively and more importantly, defensively. I think this team is going to be really, really good defensively next year, assuming that they take the step in a lot of ways that they should. Yeah, I think that's a perfect segue into kind of talking about the other guy that we haven't really covered, which is Trey White. Before we get into Trey too much, I will say to your point on the defensive end, uh, Louisville has the size this year and the talent. Uh, and, and now they have the depth where guys can push each other. And if, 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 you know, two guys have a similar offensive skill set, say a, a Sky Clark and a Tyler Johnson are pretty similar as far as what they bring to the table offensively and what they provide for the team. The guy that's going to get more minutes is the guy that's a better defender, in my in my opinion. You know, I, I don't think that the staff is, is very pleased with the way that things went last year on the defensive end. I think that's ultimately what cost them a lot of games. You know, towards the end of the season, they're scoring high 60s, low 70s mid seventies, even some of the games that they won, like Clemson WKU, they're dropping mid eighties and nineties, but they're still, you know, getting blown out by 10, 15, 20 points scoring in the seventies, a, a major concern going into the end of the season. That's not uh, ever going to be acceptable at, at this level. And especially in, at a program like Louisville. Uh, I, I think that when you have guys that, you know, now th- that you have a Sky Clark, you and you have a Tyler Johnson pushing him. You have a Karan Davis pushing a Sky Clark. If you're going to have Mike James and Trenton Flowers at the two position, or even like a Caleb Glenn and a Trey White, like those guys are all going to be pushing each other. Whereas last year, it, it felt too often like a lot of these guys were playing out of necessity. You know, you have a, a freshman Mike James uh, off a, off a redshirt injury season. He's just learning to get his feel for the for the game, playing 31, 32 minutes a game. You have LL is consistently playing 40 minutes in a game, pretty much in, just incentivized to not play defense. 
uh, because there's pretty much nobody behind him that can bring anything close to what he does. That's no longer going to be the case. Uh, and one of the reasons why that's not going to be the case uh, is, is the USC transfer that will have landed a couple of weeks ago and Trey White. To me, Trey White is a guard in my eyes. He can play. Now, again, people want to just put players in the boxes, right? You want to say this is a one, one and twos are guards and threes are wings and fours are forwards and fives are centers. And that's it. And everybody wants to put everybody in, you know, each other in those boxes. But the reality of the situation is Trey White, to me, is a guard that can play at the quote unquote two or three spots. He's a guy that can bring the ball up the floor. He's a guy that can get to the bucket. He's a guy that can defend at multiple positions. I see Trey, Trey White as, as, a, as a, a playmaker and a guy who's kind of become seasoned already in, in one year at USC, a guy who started, uh, I believe, 27 out of 31 games last year at USC. What do you see, Jacob, in, in Trey White? What, what excites you and what concerns you about him? I'm, I'm hesitant of the use of the term playmaker with him when you talk about his, you know, being able to set other people up and run an offense. He was not a guy last year that from an assist to turnover ratio is, is somebody that you would want really being your lead point guard. However, when you look at the roster he was on last year, it was actually kind of similar to what Louisville will be this year. They had Boogie Ellis, Drew Peterson, who was like a six foot eight, six foot nine guard forward who could really shoot it. Kobe Johnson, six foot five, Trey White, and then Reese Sticks and Waters, who we talked about a little bit earlier this season. You know, they played a lot of that interchangeable two through four. And I really see Trey White coming in and doing a lot of things around the team that's not necessarily being a guy that always has to have the ball in his hand. Uh, he does rebound exceptionally well. He averaged over five rebounds per game last year uh, and scores the ball. Well, uh, you know, in addition to that, he can get into the lane and, and does do well with a slashing. You know, he last year they put him in a lot of pick and roll situations and, and really more with attack and score out of those. I do see that for him this year, but I do think it's going to be more of rebounding. You know, it's going to be more of slashing, getting to the rim, being a guy that is cutting, playing extremely hard offensively. And then defensively is a guy that at six foot seven, that you can play pick and roll. He can switch one through four, maybe even play on your five. If you're playing small, uh, you know, obviously that's not ideal, but he offers a lot of versatility. I could see them playing him at the four next year. Uh, I mean, he's got that kind of skill, that kind of body, but it's really interesting. It, it, it makes you ask the question, how is this all going to work when you have guys who like Trey white, Mike James, uh, Caleb Glenn, Curtis Williams, these guys are all built very similar. They do a lot of the same thing. It's going to be really interesting to see how this rotation shakes out with that being the case. Overall, I like Trey White, all freshman, a uh, Pac-12 player last year. I think in the right role with the right mindset, he can be a guy that that scores a lot of points uh, and does so in a way that you're like, how does he have 14 points? You know, how, how did he, get, Oh, okay. It was the four, the three layups. He got a basket at the free throw line. He knocked down a couple of free throws, got a dunk in transition, like that kind of guy overall. And that's a huge, huge piece that was missing last year. That's spark guy. I think you hit the nail on the head there. I, I would say that that Trey white's effort is Dwayne Sutton esque. Uh, that, that's how I would categorize him. Obviously I'd struggle to put anyone in the same context as Dwayne Sutton, because he's kind of like a, the men's basketball version of Mikasa Robinson, right? Like, or a Kyle Keurig, if, if you will, a guy who can play at a bunch of different positions and that's so invaluable that you have to get keep him on the floor. Uh, and, and that's what I think Louisville's hoping to get out of him this coming season. 
you know, you, this is a guy that you see a lot that he'll bring down a rebound and, you know, he can, the, his teammates are already running up floor, uh, up the court, and he can kind of just go man the point. And that's exactly how the staff wants to yeah. play. They, yeah. And, they, and, you're exactly right. Not to cut you off, but you're right. I want to, you know, you say earlier, you can't put somebody inside the box. And when you're talking about a player being able to handle the ball, theoretically, you know, they only have to be able to get the ball up the court. Right. I mean, we're not asking them here to, to do a, you know um, you know, a three, a three man weave type of deal. Like they just got to get the ball off the floor. And if you have a guy at one through four who can catch the ball off the basket and then go, that's a benefit to everybody. Obviously you want to play within that, within the offense and not get too sped up, make mistakes. And that's what happens a lot of times when guys who shouldn't be handling the ball are handling the ball. But you know, when you have that many guys who can handle that off, that opens up all kinds of potential for a transition bucket and being a really, a really fast team that scores a lot moving up and down the court because you have that athleticism and that speed. It kind of reminds me of like a, a Jordan Wara style of play. Like, I remember watching him at Louisville. I always thought that he was such a good rebounder because he just wanted the ball in his hands. Like, he knew if he could crash the board, get the ball, he could bring the ball up the court. And if he can make a play for himself or make a play for his teammate, he's going to do so. He didn't necessarily like operating away from the ball because a guy that's like a kind of a killer like that, that has that mindset, that's the way that they play, right? Like, they 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 want to have the ball in their hands. They want to be... Uh, in, in those pressure moments, they want to create for others and be the guy that's the spark for the team. I think a Trey White could could absolutely play in in that sort of role. Um, and, and the the other guy that I that I think that will really fit in this role is Trenton Flowers. You know, there's that there's going to be that argument over and over again: Is Trenton Flowers a guard? Is he a primary ball handler type of guy, or you know, a, a solid secondary ball handler? I'd say, right? In in my opinion, I think he is. I think when I when I think about a guard, it's a guy who can put the ball on the floor consistently, create for others, create for himself, create for others and, and himself. Uh, and, and that's what, that's what the staff is looking for. And I mean, you look down this roster, that's what they've gone out and gotten, right? Karan Davis, Sky Clark, Trey White, Trenton Flowers, Caleb Glenn, Curtis Williams, Tyler Johnson, all those guys are guys that, that can create for themselves and create for others that you're, you feel okay with them putting the ball on the floor. Last year, I'm not sure that you wanted Jalen Withers grabbing a rebound and getting up the floor every single time, right? Kind of the same feeling about maybe a Mike James. Like, I think Mike James might fit much better at, you know, sliding over to the quote-unquote three and letting who, you know, whoever the other two guards are in that are in the game, you know, delegate the primary ball handling to them rather than him having to take that on his shoulders because he's more of a, you know, aggressor around the basket more of a back-to-the-basket kind of guy uh, or mo- more of like a catch-and-shoot three guy type of guy. Like, you're not going to see Mike James taking guys off the dribble and taking a step back three. Like, that's not his game. Uh, so I think there's there's a lot of just versatility that's been added to this roster, and that's why adding a guy like Trey White uh, I think matters so much. I, I think that what this team now has more than anything is lineup versatility in a way that they have it, both offensively and defensively. Uh, we haven't mentioned a lot of guys, you know, we've more been talking about the guards, but, you know, Dennis Evans is a guy at the five who is going to be impactful. JJ trainer at the four. Uh, and then you have, you know, some of the other players, Danilo Jovanovic and Emmanuel Okorafor, who uh, Jovanovic more of a three, four, maybe even a five it, point being, there's a lot of different lineups that you can play now. 
uh, and as you mentioned, become much more competitive in practice because you've got guys who are are good at, at their spot who are pushing other guys for more playing time. And overall, I mean, I think that this roster, while albeit it's very young and is going to have a hard time dealing with um, some of the more experienced teams in the conference, a la North Carolina, Miami, a Pittsburgh, a, a Duke, those programs who bring back a ton of veterans that will be ready to compete for those first four spots. I think that this is a team overall that is going to need some time to figure it out. They're going to need to learn to play the game together, but they've got a collection of, of talent now that puts them at the top of the ACC on paper. Um, and it's up to the coaches to get the most out of each of these players for each of them to grow and show development and, and more cohesion offensively and defensively and become a team that can win because of its strengths. You can win because you are fast and you can play in transition win because defensively you can lock down, you know, a Jeremy Roach in, in the final moments of a game or a Nigel pack and win because you can out rebound a, a North Chad Omir or, or a, an Armando Bacot. You know, those are the things that Louisville needs to be at the end of the season next year in the ACC in order to compete. And I think that they can do that. This roster is is built to grow and built to get there. Uh, but hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. All that to say, the shooting is the big, big question mark here is where are you going to get consistent three-point shooting in, in a day and age where you've got to have that to win? Uh, considering the, the way that Kenny plays inside out when they're in the half court, they've got to have more stand and shoot players. And right now that's a real big uh, question mark, which is okay. It's, a, it's an okay spot to be. And we've, we've dealt with that before and you can overcome it with good defense and, and a, and a very um, you know, a very good coach, which I guess for some people, they may question that, uh, but you can overcome it in a lot of ways, but if they can't shoot the ball, they can't find somebody who can be that consistent go-to shooter. They're going to struggle in a lot, a lot of ways when teams are able athletically to compete with them. So all that to say, you need Curtis Williams, uh, you need Karan Davis, you need Mike James, you need Trenton Flowers, uh, you need, uh, you know, the Sky Clark, you need these guys to shoot the ball well next year. And if they don't, then that's where you could see them stumble and, and really, you know, find themselves being a team not even in contention for the tournament come that time. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a great point and it just has to be two or three of these guys are going to have to improve with their consistency. I think you saw at the end of last season that, that Mike James was becoming a much more consistent three-point shooter. I think he was always a capable three-point shooter, but it took him a while to get used to the speed of the game and, and what, what it's going to look like, you know, what, what those passes are going to look like coming to him, what the opportunities are going to look like, uh, and just kind of settling into that. I think Mike James can absolutely assume that role. Uh, Brandon Huntley-Hatfield was another guy who started out the season trying to be more of like a – you know, a, a wing hybrid type of player. And he got a lot of open looks last season just because of his size. It seemed like after he came back from his injury, he wasn't the same player as far as his ability to shoot from the perimeter. Um, so I think that'll be interesting to see, you know, obviously you don't want Brandon Huntley Hatfield, especially if a lot of people see him as the starting center uh, to be, you know, popping out, taking threes, but 
if it could be like a Malik Williams type of role, uh, I think that that could be super beneficial to Louisville. I, I think that, yeah, you, you need to have especially one of your bench players that can come in and just and be one of those guys that can just come in and knock down two or three threes on on any given night. Uh, but, yeah, Mike James is, is the guy that sticks out to me as a guy that has to continue uh, his trajectory that he finished on last season from from beyond the arc. But but getting into, you know, what what their roles are going to be and, and and how these players are going to play off each other is, is probably the most fascinating conversation we've had in a long time, because, number one, this roster is really young. So there's there's a lot that we don't know, you know, what these players necessarily bring to the table at the college level. You know, like I, I get so hesitant to to take credence in, in exactly what, what the stats tell you for an overtime elite league or for uh, the Nike hoop summit or something like that. Like, yeah, you can definitely gather some information. Like, you know, if a guy goes to the Nike hoop summit and shoots 50 percent from from three or, you know, if he's dishing out 10 assists a game or something like that, like, yes, outliers like that, you can you can take away. But there's lots of guys who have come in and been good shooters at Louisville that were just like, okay. In high school, I mean, look at like a Donovan Mitchell, a guy who came in as just a freak athlete that nobody had any idea how he was going to fit. And he becomes an outstanding three point shooter. Uh, So I I think that, you know, with with the right coaches and um, with the right mindset, a lot of these players can can, uh, you know, their their weaknesses presently can become their strengths. I think that Kenny Payne recruited exactly like a lot of people expected. He got the most talented players he could possibly land. And then he said, okay, let's go and, and you know, see, see what we can do with this talent. The, the last thing that I'll say about the type of players that he landed as well is, is that they all seem to have the same mindset. And, and a lot of people kind of poo-poo this, this conversation by saying, you know, well, who wouldn't want to win? Who wouldn't want to do what it takes to win? Who wouldn't want to get to the next level? And I, I get that. The staff took over a situation that was very sour last season. You could see a Jalen Withers go elsewhere, you know, go to North Carolina this season and be awesome just because he has, he finally has a change of scenery. You know, he basically, he redshirted during, during max best season. Then he had the COVID season where he was playing out of position. Then he had a season where he had an interim head coach. And then finally he has his kind of breakout season uh, and shoots, you know, 45% from three under Kenny Payne. That I, I use Withers as as an example because there was a lot of just negativity and and just not having the right mindset last year. That's not a knock on those players necessarily, but these guys that are coming in now, they're young and they're they're hungry to succeed. Each one of these guys wants to come in and get to the next level as quickly as possible. And in order to do so, they're going to have to win playing time. They're going to have to compete uh, to to get time on the floor. And then ultimately, ultimately, they're going to have to be successful. You know, if Sky Clark wants to get to the NBA next season or, or Trenton Flowers, they can't come in, the team stink it up, and then jack up 20 shots, 20 shots a game and think that they're going to make it to the, to the next level. They have to prove that, that they're, they're multifaceted, that they're versatile. They can create for others. They can do a, a, a lot of different things. That, that's, that all fascinates me. And, and, and lastly, what fascinates me is, is how they're going to fit and play together. Uh, and, and as you already suggested, Jacob, there's a lot of guys who can do a lot of different things, uh, but there's also a lot of guys that seem to possess the same size and skill set. So it's, you know, it's, it's kind of going to be, how does the staff weigh that, weigh that out? So, so to you, if you had to choose right now, a starting lineup and maybe like the first two guys off the bench, what's that looking like for you? 
Yeah, I, it's really interesting. And and what I, I really like about in battles like this, and I really hope that this is where the Tom Thibodeau and Kenny Payne comes out, is what defines those battles and what ultimately decides the playing time when you do have that many people is who plays defense. That is what should make some of the, the final choices in rotations when you get that. And, and if that's the case, there's going to be, like you said, a lot of competition. So starting five, I thought about this throughout the day after the news came out. Obviously, I don't think Johnson impacts the starting five overall. But I, I think it's really interesting now that we know it's complete, where he kind of comes in from a rotation standpoint, what that does and allows for. But my five today are Sky Clark, Trenton Flowers, Mike James, J.J. Trainer and Brandon Huntley Hatfield. I think that those are the five that fit the best in terms of one through five, what they do together. Um, you get a little bit of everything out there. Sands shooting. Mike James is your leading three-point shooter in that case. But you get Sky, obviously, being the head of the offense. You get two slashers, two rebounders, two guys who can – do a lot of things in Flowers and James, both of which can score particularly around the paint, but also in the mid-range. And then J.J. Trainer, we saw him blossom last year. I don't think that what he played like at the end of the year uh, is necessarily a fluke, but I don't think that he's going to be in, uh, much better overall than what we saw. Like I'm not, I don't expect him to come out and be all ACC by any means. But I think he's your he's your four, and and then at the five you've got B.H.H. who you know, he defensively has got a lot of work to do. He's got to rebound a lot better, but offensively he provides more than anything you have outside of him. Dennis Evans, great shot blocker, great length, but the, the kid's going to need some time to develop into that body. Uh, and then Emmanuel Corfor, obviously we saw last year, not, not ready quite yet to be a, a rotation player or anything much more than that. And so that's the five. And, and then off the bench, I think, you could go so many different ways. For me, it's Trey White. He's the first guy. He's your energy guy. And then honestly, after that, I think the most intriguing battle through the, the camp into the start of the season will be Karan Davis and, and Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson. Like uh, those are the two guys that will compete for that backup point guard spot. And that will be really fascinating. So I think the answer is whichever one of those two walks out, which I'll give the lean to I'll tend to lean towards Cron Davis because he he might be the better shooter at the college basketball letter level day one. It really is fascinating when you just think about the the combinations. And I, I don't know if that's a good thing or it's it's definitely a good thing that you have the depth, but I don't know if it's a good thing that we don't have any idea what the established starting lineup is going to be. You know, the coaching staff could be looking at, at Dennis Evans to come in and because of his defensive versatility. Uh, be be a starter from day one. Uh, I'm not saying that's necessarily going to be the case, but I think that people aren't giving enough credence to, to Dennis Evans. Like, I think he could be a guy that that the staff just kind of throws out there and, and, you know, they they learn to live with his mistakes like in a quarter four last season because he's so dominant on defense. At least he was at, at the high school level. And I think that it translates to college with his size. Uh, but But also because, you know, he, he's, he's a guy who just, he seems like an effort guy. He seems like a guy who's just continuing, continuing to get better at a much quicker clip than a lot of other players. Uh, so that really fascinates me as far as what it's going to look like down low as well. Uh, you know, can Huntley Hatfield start at the four? Do you, you know, do we have JJ penciled in 
100% as the starter at the quote-unquote four? Well, I, I expect the, the J.J. Trainer and, and Brandon Huntley-Hatfield, potentially, you know, in, between him, them and Mike James, to be your captains. Like, those should be your leaders. And not not always do your captains start. But, I mean, if J.J. Trainer is heading into, you know, his senior season, this should be his team, you know, in terms of – he should be the voice. He should be the guy who sets the example. You know, I, I think that the, that really falls on him and, and Brandon Huntley Hatfield. And then Mike James, as I mentioned, those guys need to set the tone. They are the most experienced and they know uh, what they what they can't be. You know, they know the baseline of what they cannot be based off of what last year was. And so for me, that's why JJ's the, the starting four. He brings you the most experience. As I mentioned, when he got more minutes last year, he played better, uh, became much more of a scoring threat than he ever had been. And honestly, I mean, dude, he might have had every dunk uh, the final 10 games of the season. I mean, nobody else really played with that level of passion, uh, which sounds silly. So I think that he is a guy that you got to have out there in some form or fashion uh, early, whether it's the four starting man or off the bench. And then with Huntley Hatfield, man, you have to have offense somewhere, somebody that you can dump the ball in and score. And Dennis Evans is not that. That, That's going to come with time. Uh, With that size, that length, that skill level, you're going to develop an offensive game, especially if Danny Manning and Kenny Payne are the big man whispers that we've been sold that that they would be. Uh, But Huntley Hatfield, he's got a lot of room to grow. And there's still a lot of potential. I mean, look, you know, with him being a reclass, he technically should only be a sophomore in college right now. So there's still a lot of ceiling for him to reach. And, uh, you know, if he can score at a 10 to 12 points per game, grab eight rebounds, that's a that's a damn good production from your starting five. Yeah, I mean, I think that people greatly underplay that when Trainer and Huntley Hatfield were healthy and getting opportunities last year that – they were two of the highest highest ceiling guys last season. Always go into Brandon Huntley Hatfield pre-injury versus post-injury. He started off the season kind of playing a little bit more on the perimeter when the staff realized that he was, you know, maybe probably their best inside threat. Uh, and he started get, getting the ball consistently down low. Showcase that he has an excellent post game uh, and that he can kind of muck it up with, with some, some of the other big time uh, power five bigs down there. Um, and, and, and really, it could just be situational as well. You know, if you play a, a Duke or a North Carolina, a team with a lot of size and length, maybe then then you swap in uh, a Dennis Evans then. You know, so we'll really have to just kind of see how that plays out. As far as starting lineup goes, I think Sky Clark is the one guy that I really have penciled in at, at, the, at the starting point guard position. You know, as we've gotten into and as we'll talk about probably – you know, until people feel like they're going crazy talking about it, just because Sky Clark is the quote unquote point guard doesn't mean that he's going to be, he might not even be the leader on the, on the team and assist necessarily, but he's going to be the guy that initiates the offense. So that that's who I have as far as my starting quote unquote point guard. I do think Trenton Flowers is a guy that you just can't keep off the floor. I, I think that, you know, a lot of people are, are underselling or underestimating what he can bring to the table. Uh, and, and there's a lot of, big time NBA scouts out there, you know, guys who really know what they're talking about. I think that Trenton Flowers is the real deal. He's, I mean, he's a guy, he has that guard skill set and uh, JJ trainer type of body, if you will. Um, so that, that'll be really fascinating to watch, but I, I think, I think he has to be on the floor next season. And then really the battle, you know, you said that, that the backup point guard battle was going to be fascinating to watch, which, which I agree. Uh, but, but I think the, the, 
Mike James versus Trey White competition is going to be awesome. And maybe they both start together. Then maybe Flowers comes off the bench. I'm not sure. That's a great problem to have. I'm really interested to see, you know, you have two guys that were freshmen last year uh, that all they know is, is they start. If you have, if they started out their, their freshman season coming off the bench, it might be a little bit different, but Trey White started 27 games. Mike James started every game, played 31, 32 minutes a game. Uh, so these are two guys that have the expectation that they can be an alpha. And a lot of people are talking about, you know, obviously Trey White had a fantastic freshman season. Uh, but a lot of people are talking about, you know, Mike James could be like the real deal, like have that like real sophomore glow up next season where, you know, he knows what it's going to take in the offseason. Uh, the staff knows what he needs to work on with his game. Uh, and he could really blossom into a, a star on this team next season. So who's, who's it going to be? Who's going to be the guy that steps up? To me, I think I'm with you. Mike James probably has the edge right now. But let, let's, you know, let's kind of wait and see how, how that works out either either way one of those guys coming off the bench could be awesome. I think that'd be a sensational six man either with it being either guy off the bench. And then I, I think that, that JJ and, and Brandon Huntley Hatfield will ultimately be the starters day one. And then we'll kind of see how things pan out really. I mean, what, what's the depth going to look like at, at the four? There is so much com- conversation about Churchill Abbas. You know, he's going to be the guy behind JJ trainer. And then that didn't pan out. Mackenzie Mbaco. You know, they're talking about him potentially being the three slash four, uh, and that didn't pan out. Uh, so the, the staff was definitely looking at building the depth in that position. Uh, and, and really what, what it's come down to is, is J.J. Trainers the, the main piece there. Is it going to be Danilo Jovanovic there? Is Trey White going to slide to the four sometimes? Trenton Flowers going to slide to the four? Like, you know, what, what, what exactly does that look like? And, and, and again, you know, it, it is quote-unquote positionless basketball, but you do need to have that size there and guys who can, you know, match up well with the opposition as well. I am very interested to see how, how that plays out. I think that uh, Sky and JJ are immediate yeses as far as starters, just because I think that, that there's the least amount of quote-unquote competition there. But that's not to say that there's not other guys that can't slide in and be super successful behind them. So I think I ended up with Sky, Sky Clark, Trenton Flowers, Mike James, JJ Trainer, Brandon Holly Hatfield, Trey White being the first guy off the bench. And I'll, I'll say that I think that Dennis Evans will be another guy that's, you know, might be like an immediate off the bench guy, especially if they need a, a defensive spark. So the good thing is, is there's options, right? I mean, the worst thing that you can be at this point is a team with limited options, limited players, limited talent, whatever the case is. And thank God we're not in a, in a situation where we're on here talking about walk-ons having to be role players. There's options this year. So uh, keep moving in silence, and and I'm here for it, man. I'm excited yeah. for the season. Yeah, if you, if you look at it, the different parts on the floor, right, the only place that's very obvious that, that you get a little bit worse, and I say worse kind of loosely here, the only place that you don't significantly improve, in my opinion, is at the point guard. Because, you know, you lose L. Ellis, your leading scorer, pretty much played every possible minute that he could. That's that's a tough loss, but you supplement the loss of L. Ellis now with three guys who, you know, three legitimate guys who can be, you know, primary on the ball guys. And then you supplement that that second guard position where somebody was kind of having to step in for him. I mean, if you remember late in the season, there were a couple of games where Ellis got hurt and Mike James had to step in at point guard. So it, it, you, you no longer have that. And at each position, they've now developed depth 
uh, and it's actually really quality, talented depth. In my opinion, uh, you know, the staff gets an A on the assembly of this roster. Now it's all about just making the pieces fit together and just seeing what, what that what that construct looks like. Uh, Jacob, any, any final words before we get out of here? You know, when you look around the ACC and at the, the rosters of opposing teams, uh, specifically at the guard spot, I feel, you know, despite not knowing a lot about who Sky Clark is as a complete player, only uh, playing in those, what, 13 games last season, you know, whatever it was, very limited amount of games before ultimately shutting it down to to be with his father. But I think that he is a guy that if he is every bit of what we've been told he could be, he's given the keys Uh, to the vehicle, and he has the ultimate trust of the uh, front seat driver and Kenny Payne. I think that he is a guy, when you look around the ACC, who could ultimately be, at the end of the year, a top-tier or second-tier guard. You know, when you look at that conversation, it's really um, around Jeremy Roach, Nigel Pack from Miami, R.J. Davis at at, uh, North Carolina, Joseph Girard, who transferred from Syracuse to Clemson, you know, you look around that that premier point guard and and that that you know back in the day of having eight, nine, ten star guards is no longer the case. It's really open um, in terms of who is at the top, and, and I think that you could see Sky Clark by season's end be an All ACC player and be a guy I talked about maybe even being the. Uh, you know, the the best newcomer to the ACC or whatever that award is that highlights uh, the most improved. I think it, that's what it was that Jordan Royal won a, a few years ago. That award could ultimately go to him because he, by the end of the year, he very well could be one of the best guards in the conference if he is every bit as good as we've been told he is. Yeah, I mean, UK fans want to quickly forget how excited and how hyped they were for, for Sky Clark to come in, you know, a year and a half, two years ago. This is a guy that that is as was looked at as as you know a, a high caliber five star type of guy at, out of high school. Again, circum, circumstances are, are what took him away from the game, not necessarily his play on the court, his attitude, anything like that. He's a guy when he's when he's playing at, at his at his best. There's not going to be many guards around the conference nor around around Power Five basketball can can say that they're you know they have the skill set that he has. Uh, so that will be uh, really exciting to watch this season. And I, I hope that he becomes more, more of a, a, a distributor and, and playmaker for others on, on this team uh, because he could be something that the Louisville hasn't had in, in quite some time. Uh, a lot more to get into as the season uh, prog- or the offseason progresses. Uh, we still have, like, what, 150 days until, until the season starts. But we do have an established roster. And as far as we know, they're all here to stay. So Jacob Blaine, thank you for joining me tonight. Jacob Blaine, 08 on Twitter, at Press Meyer, at starting five, F-I-V-E, number zero, number two. Uh, follow us on Twitter as well, at The State of Lube. Make sure you go to our YouTube channel as well. Subscribe to our YouTube, at State of Lube. So it's just YouTube.com slash at State of Lube. Until next time, starting five with two podcasts. Let's get out of here. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.